This is exactly right. On the 12th season of Tenfold More Wicked, we investigate a series of compelling mysteries from the city of Fall River, Massachusetts, where problems started generations before Lizzie Borden's murders made her a household name. Join me as we cover the misfortunes that have befallen this infamous town for more than 150 years, including the Great Fire of 1843. Season 12 premieres Monday, May 13th on Exactly Right. Follow Tenfold More Wicked on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are we doing this? I don't know, Sim. You the, tell me what the fuck we're doing. I, I <laughs> this show is, up here. This is exciting. We're doing a crossover. Karen and Georgia from My Favorite Murder are in your house right now. Yay. Thank you guys so much Hi. for being here. Hi. This Hi. is like the most efficient way to podcast, isn't it? Everybody gets together <laughs> in one room and yep. talk all at the same time. Right. Um, I would like to describe the setting, though. We are now, we're in like the what we call the mole room because there's this massive poster of this horrible movie called The Mole People. It's from like 1946. And... Uh, and we so we call this room the mole room, and now it's it's incredibly dark and lit with candles, and um, we're going to talk about our favorite murder. Yeah, <laughs> welcome to our lives, Bloody yeah. Mary. <laughs> right? <laughs> it does feel like that. Have you guys always been attracted to like morbid things? Like very attracted to. Yeah, I have. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, huh. in a creepy <laughs> it's way. A challenge though, because you've—I'll give you a tour later. But I have like a lot of shit around. That's—I have a few like skulls, <laughs> like a lot of taxidermy. Um, I the goal with the house was like, how can I make it look like the creepiest natural history museum where my <laughs> oh. the people that come over might feel like they could get you know murdered. And, Dream house. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is haunted for sure. The mall room is haunted. It really is, isn't it? Absolutely. If any room's going to be haunted or any house, it's this. I always thought like the, with the haunted thing, like we've talked about this on the podcast before, like how interesting it would be if. Um, some somebody believed that their apartment at like the Oakwoods, like B twenty one oh eight, was like haunted. Yeah, no, that's not fucking. <laughs> but see, that's what I'm saying. Like, why do ghosts only yeah. like gravitate towards like creepy darkness, old things like Jack Warner, nineteen eighty two? We were talking about big stars haunting the Oakwood. Right, like they're really the big. It's like Betty Davis is in my half bath right now. Everybody get ready. In the crown molding, in the yeah. cheap crown. But we were talking about that, how much creepier it is for a new build to be haunted than an old house. Because it's like, yeah, of course this place is haunted. There's like people who lived here. But if it's like a new apartment or house in normal people's cases, then it's like, well, that this is a fucking... The demon. That's a de- demon. De- it's yeah. not like Gary Sherman who died at right. like age seventy eight. No. Who just has a message like, for his wife. <laughs> yeah, he's not, not a dick. It's not nice. He never got married though. Oh, is Aww. that what it is? Yeah. He was just he was just a little lonely, died of a heart attack. Mm. You know. <laughs> his <laughs> messages get out there. Yeah. Really mix and mingle. <laughs> try to find a, somebody. Oakwood gym is like steps from your house and yeah, you won't exercise. Yeah. Don't be like me. Don't be like Gary and die alone. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> um thank you guys so much for being here thank you um well, you're pretending like it's your show 
Oh, it's not my fucking show. <laughs> well, I'm just going to tell the listeners what we're doing first, so Fine. they know. Great, Please. because it kind of is her show. Yeah, but it's you know, we're just at her place. It's our show. It's true. I get. Yeah. I get. We're really... doing a full on cross. We're, you guys are getting the full unqualified treatment, and we're going to get the full <laughs> my favorite murder treatment. I feel right. like a guest. I yeah. feel like a guest. Maybe like you host this beginning part, then we'll host. My yes, I would love that. Okay. We move into the room we want to be in, right. <laughs> <laughs> which is full of dead people. <laughs> my upstairs bedroom. Yeah. Goodbye. Things get kinky in the <laughs> Okay, I like that. So, Anna, you're going to host the first part. Next week, we're going to release. We're actually on the 22nd. We're releasing this on the 15th, and we're releasing Steve. Right? It's we're releasing the 22nd. It will God, be the second I'm part. Falling asleep. And then no, listen. <laughs> what we're going to do is it's very this, easy. This is important. This is very important. We're going to start with Karen. You're going to talk about your favorite murder. That's right. Then we're going to go to unqualified deal breakers. Then we're going to take a device call. After that, we'll end the show and then we'll come back next week. Actually, we'll wait five minutes and then we'll (laughs) start again. And this time you guys are hosting and... Georgia, you're going to start with your favorite murder, and Anna will go with hers, and then we'll do one more call, and we'll wrap it up. I love it. It's amazing. Can you go over that again a few more times? (laughs) (laughs) This is the most, what's the word, like when things are planned that I've ever experienced in a podcast. Is it planned? It's called planned. planned. Most planned. Well, oh. we're trying. We'll see where it goes. I'm sure that we're going to go That's off the rails. That's because you guys are wittier than we are. And so we have to like plan shit out. And <laughs> we're not from Whittier. Are you reading from Whittier? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, should we jump right in? Let's, yeah. Do you want to do, uh, let's do your murder. Yeah, right let's do murder. Yeah. Okay. Just start, just. Go for it. All right, guys. Well, this is, in, in when I got the email, the highly detailed email about what how this was going to go, um, and it said my favorite murder like i've already done most of my favorite true you know like my my top 10 you know what i mean we've burned through yeah you've done uh, yeah a bunch so but i realized there was one i haven't done that i do uh am i've always been very fascinated by and that's the btk killer Oh oh my god heavy hitter so um, this is, but we're doing shorter versions than we normally do, right? This is kind of a bit of a Bacon. condensed. Mine's we have other Becky? What? <laughs> do you not know what I'm talking about? No, I do. Oh, I was, just, I was like, how do I make a lame joke? Because I'm actually not a comedian at all. Uh, look for, at me. I'm not either. <laughs> for a second, I honestly thought I was like, am I going to tell her about the worst man who's ever lived? This is so exciting. Mine's not shorter. Is your shorter? I don't, it isn't, but I was. Gonna, I don't know that many details. Will you please? Okay. Yeah. This right. is. I mean, I'm excited to hear about this. And somebody just give me a wrap it up if we need to like. Wrap sure. It up. Sim does an amazing. Wrap I have it a up great finger. wrap it up finger. I just do this. <laughs> okay, guys, wrap it up. <laughs> okay, so this all started in Wichita, Kansas, in uh, January fifteenth, nineteen seventy four, and it's bad, bad, bad. <laughs> so. 15-year-old Charlie Otero comes home from school and he sees that his garage door is open, which is weird. Um, and he comes home to find the whole house a mess, but it's silent, which is insane because he has four other brothers and sisters. He's the oldest. Everyone else is younger than him. So he knows something is very wrong. His house has never been quiet in his life. Right. If there's five kids. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, he's walking around trying to figure out what's going on. And then he hears his sister yell, Charlie, come quick. Mom and dad are playing a bad trick on us. 
So he goes upstairs. Oh, God, I'm getting chills. Oh, <laughs> Mom and Dad. Uh, I'm only in the... I'm, I haven't even gotten through the first paragraph <laughs> yet. That's how bad this is. Oh, um, sad. So he goes upstairs, and he finds his brother and sister, Carmen and Danny, huddled together, holding each other in their room. <laughs> and then he goes and checks the parents' room, and he finds his father, Joseph Otero, who was 38, uh, dead on the floor, um, bound and strangled to death. And his mother, Julie, who's 34, um, also bound and strangled to death laying on the bed. They're babies. 34 and you have four or five kids. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That's, that's crazy. 70s. That's how yeah. they did it back then. Yeah, that's just that's, so... Yeah, oh God. Just fill up that station wagon. I'm hung up on the bound thing. Like, are, like, are they... Like where are their their arms and legs are tied? And he was in front big, of them. He and, was a big hog tire. Um, but like I'm not skilled. sure specifically okay, on okay. this. But like, okay, with this guy, but you know what I mean. There's certain terminology that you use with like certain murder phrases, and bound is definitely one of them. Right. Yeah. Uh, this guy was like on occasion <laughs> hey. I was gonna say the same thing. Like with the word, um, what's the word when you get all your intestines taken out? Embowled, embowled, where yeah. disemboweled, disemboweled, but that's not sexy. Embowled is when you have them all put back in. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't relevant. Go on. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so it this is where it, it's even worse. So um, he yells to tell his uh, siblings to go find their other brother Joseph Jr. and their sister Josephine. Um, and bring them to him, but they can't find them. And so they call the police. The police come. The kids get out of the house. And the police find Joey in a different bedroom, also bound uh, and murdered. Mm. And then they search the whole house, and they finally find Josephine. And she's been murdered. She's hanging from a pipe in the basement. <gasps> um, <sighs> yeah. So... They there's no indication of forced entry. The phone line has been cut. Classic uh, horror movie style. 1974. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you do. Yes. This for the scariest uh, <laughs> results possible. Um, the family car's gone. Uh, and there's no clues. The killer's left nothing behind until upon uh, closer inspection, the police find that there is semen next to where Josephine's body was the in mom? the basement. That the, mom the daughter, daughter in the basement. Oh, no. <clears throat> so, um, because they stole the family car, the first break they have is that a man, they finally find the car in a uh, grocery store uh, parking lot. And then they find a man who saw who was driving the car. But the only description they have of him is he's a white man with dark hair. Um, so, it seems like to narrow it down, right? Mm. Yeah, I mean... You've, you've just gotten rid of all those blondes. Yeah. And all those fucking gingers everyone hates. Listen, if you're on Mars and it's all green, little green men, then you're like, it's the one guy who's white and with, with dark hair. But unfortunately, yeah. you're in Wichita. You're in Wichita, yeah. Kansas. Yeah. A lot of whites. Yeah. Um, so why didn't the people at the Frosty Freeze, they should start to like clock like descriptives of every single mm -hmm. customer they have. I do that now. Do you do that now? <laughs> now that we're this podcast, I'm like at, at our job at, at yes. Frosty Freeze. <laughs> yeah, listen, this podcast doesn't pay well. Uh, I do that now when I'm like, I see someone strange in my like apartment building, and I'm like, button down, fucking uh, plaid shirt, and yeah. that's actually a description of my husband. But I wave at everybody in our neighborhood. Like, oh yeah, 
like I'm just like hi I acknowledge you <laughs> and then they're like when was the last time you saw Anna and they're like well she waved at me at 7 35 in the morning like I don't see you kill me, you see me. Yeah. Yeah, that's right yeah. see don't each other yep yep we got it <laughs> I like those um stories where a little kid who has some kind of autism spends a lot of his time writing down license plate numbers and they that kid then turns in his notebook and the cops end up finding somebody because he does that never heard that really that's amazing i've heard it on two different ones what i love is when a little kid is like he looked like a lion and then you're like this might have been a movie then they're they're like (laughs) oh they're like you're so stupid little kid and then you see him and he's like got a lion beard and like or he looked like a clown and then it's like he was a clown like when little kids say stupid shit and then it turns out that they're not stupid yeah like we're just we don't have an imagination he really loves blue popsicles right and you're like who has a blue mouth (laughs) (laughs) oh my god it's jimmy blue mouth (laughs) fucking blue mouth (laughs) at it again oh let's get back to the Uh, murder okay so so now a year later there's two brothers the sebring brothers in in wichita they turn themselves in for these murders um they have records the police um search their house uh they the brothers say that they had an accomplice that they killed the whole family and um that goes into the newspaper and on the news so about 11 months later um the local paper in Wichita, I believe it's the Wichita Eagle, uh, they get an anonymous call saying there's a letter in an applied engineering mechanics book at the Wichita <laughs> Public Library um, that the police need to go uh, take a look at. So they get the letter and it's from BTK. Oh and it's before he gave himself his name, he said, um, those dude singular you have in custody are just talking to get publicity. They know nothing at all. And then the letter goes on to list in incredible detail exactly how the Otero family was killed and down to specific knots that were used and bindings and the fact that a radio was stolen from the house, which the cops hadn't noticed and no one had noticed until this letter. And then they went and checked it out and it was true. So now they know that they're communicating with the man who killed this family. Holy shit. So the police decide to keep the letter out of the press. And they keep investigating. So two years later, in March 17th, 1977, um, a man knocks on the door of Shirley Vian's house. Uh, she's a 24-year-old um, mother of two. Um, and the children answer the door and let him inside. And uh, he takes the children, locks him in the bathroom, puts a door under the door handle. Then he strangles, strangles Shirley to death and binds her first, strangles her to death. Um and leaves the children get out they are able to describe the man to the police and they say he's a large white man with a carrying a big black bag so nine months after that um it's december 9th 1977 and um a caller calls the police dispatcher and gives uh them the address of nancy fox who's 25 years old and um, the police arrive at the address and find the body of Nancy tied up and strangled. And there's, uh, again, semen found near the body. And the killer's voice is captured on tape when uh, he called into the dispatcher. And um, so the police release this tape. Wait, it was him who called in to get them to come to her body? Yes. <gasps> what a creep. Um, I mean... So he calls murderer. So the police release the tape uh, on TV and they ask anyone who recognizes the voice to please come forward. No one Uh, does. No one knows who it is. So two months later in February, 
Um, there's a letter uh, sent to KAKE TV. That's right, Cake TV in Wichita. Aww. Claim your responsibility for the deaths of the Otero family of um, Mrs. Vianne and of Nancy Fox, as well as a, another unnamed victim. And uh, the caller, the writer of the letter, demands to be called BTK for bind them, torture them, kill them. Um, You're, yeah. Sort of a weird version of fuck, Mary kill, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's more past uh, tense yeah. as opposed to like future. Do you think Burger King sued? That's not funny. That's in bad taste. Georgia, I thought it was very funny. No, thank you. But thank yeah. you. Everyone supports you, Georgia. Thank you. <laughs> it's a supportive okay, so, room. Uh, the next day, the police chief uh, named Richard LeBunyan announces that a serial killer is at large in Wichita. Uh, his name is BTK, and he has threatened to strike again. Um, so, of course, everyone loses their shit in Wichita. Um, there is a rumor going around that this killer is targeting women with long hair. So almost all the women in Wichita, Kansas, cut their hair short. There's like a line. I want to work it. <laughs> Beauty cuts, right? In <laughs> curl up We'll just give you a nice dirty hammer. Make him bank. Yeah, we'll curl um, the bangs under. You want to work it. this part back? Sheer bliss. <laughs> um. Oh, this is horrible. It's it's bad. A year later, in April twenty eighth, nineteen seventy nine, um, a woman named uh, Ann Williams. Oh no, I'm sorry, Anna. So, uh, Anna or Anna? <laughs> oh, I think it's Anna Ferris Williams. Oh, God. Ah! Oh, God. It's not cool. That's not cool. I knew that I was living in some kind of weird purgatory. <laughs> but okay. this is it. This is all that happens is someone says your name. I become a movie star. <laughs> and <laughs> this is the best purgatory ever. <laughs> Love it. Um, okay. So, this woman, Anna Williams, this is, this is a crazy part of the story. She, uh, has square dancing one night. And so she's supposed to, uh, normally from when she goes home from work, she's home around seven. But that night, um, she was square dancing. So she doesn't get home until after 10 o'clock. Um, she's sweaty and like full of joy. She's been yes. flirting with cowboys. Square dancing. Come on. Yeah. Like, love it. There's not an in more innocent hobby yeah, no, that right? you could have. No. Like it's like in a boot. Yeah. Um, so she gets home and notices that her bedroom door is open and she knows for a fact that she shuts it every morning when she leaves her house. She picks up her phone to call the police and the phone line is cut. So she runs to yes. the neighbor's house. Yes, girl. And she, um, they call the police. The police go to her house and search her house mm. and they find a wire fashioned into the shape of a noose um, <gasps> next to the bed. And in a previous communication, BTK had promised that he was going to hang his next next victim. So Anna never, Anna never went back to the house. <laughs> hey, 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 we'll back it up. Keep her Anna, okay? Um, what a weird promise. Yeah. You know, like ice pinky swear. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, so she never goes back to the house, but her daughter goes by to pick up the mail. Uh -uh. Um, and they find a letter addressed to Anna's deceased husband, um, care of her. And it looks very official. But when they open it, they find a pair of her pantyhose inside and a drawing of what he had intended to do to her oh. um, with a poem called, Oh, Anna, Why Didn't You Appear? So this 66-year-old woman who went square dancing instead of home uh, didn't get killed by BTK because of that. So seven years later, it's September 16th, 1986, 
And um, Vicki Weggerly, who's only 28 years old, is found by her husband when he comes home from work, strangled and near death. Um, so he calls the paramedics. They come, they work on her, and they get her into the ambulance, and they get her to the hospital. Um, the crime scene is completely compromised because they're all walking all over it, and she dies um, uh, of her injuries. The police have no leads, and the case goes cold. So, 30 years later, on the 30th anniversary of uh, the BTK killings, the Wichita Eagle publishes a recap. 30 years later? Uh-huh. And, not, and no new murders? Right. I was on Fuck. the Wichita police force. And I tell you what, <laughs> did it eat you up inside? <laughs> I wrote for the Wichita Eagle and 30 years later, I was like, who? Wait, how has this not been solved? It goes forward in time and you have one gray wisp yeah. of hair like right on the side of your bob. It's real stylish. That's how we know the 30 years have passed for you. <laughs> That's it though, because I've had Botox ever since. <laughs> <laughs> Still. So, so they, pu- they publish a recap of what happened and the effect that it had on the city. And um, uh, a couple days later, a letter arrives at the Wichita Eagle mm-hmm. And it contains a photocopy of Vicki Weggerly's driver's license and photos of her <gasps> dead body posed. Um, so it's the BTK Holy and he's shit. letting the police know that he has not gone anywhere and he's not a part of history. And he begins to communicate with the police um, through statements in the newspaper and personal ads and um, through letters. And they, the police basically convince him to start sending them packages because they know that anything that they have from him, they can get now there's, you know, so much more forensic, um, science that they can apply to all this. Cause back, you know, of course, back in the seventies, all they could do is collect stuff and put it in an envelope. Lick that stamp motherfucker. Right. So (laughs) exactly right. So they're trying to get him to do all that. Um, at one point he's actually caught on surveillance video in his Jack black Jeep Cherokee dropping off a package to the police station What? because he's like, thinks he can never get caught. Um, so, uh, at one point, he asks the police if they can trace him through floppy disk. And they, the police say no. <laughs> no. 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 Of course not. No. But the police are lying. Yeah. No, I no. guess that. This no, is I my guess big that. reveal. <laughs> the police were lying to Wait, him. I'm sorry. Police are not allowed to lie by law. <laughs> well, well, it turns out in this case. Wait, what? Yeah, you can. So, <laughs> so they're inadmissible. Like, BTK, don't worry about a thing and go ahead and send us that floppy disk. Because his thinking was he had an idiot. He had so many maps he wanted to show them and and poems and things uh, that he wanted to communicate to them. That he didn't want to have to send it all individually. So he was like, I'm just gonna throw it all into a floppy disk yeah. and send that over to you, and then you can have all my serial killer documents. This and they were like, fucking- Sounds great. Do it right away. AP English or some shit. I don't know what that means because. I was never in AP English, but I bet <laughs> advanced placement that English. you couldn't do that. No, you can't. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so they, they of course trace him on that and they find out that the person sending all of this is a man named Dennis Rader. He's a husband and a father of two. He's the city dog catcher. He's a church elder and he was a boy scout leader. Um, uh, so he was in the entire time hiding in plain sight in Wichita. Oh my God. Um, any one of those seems like a serial killer job, yeah. but like all to get, you know, like a dog catcher. Yeah. 
Well, the do, do you remember that hometown that we had? We had somebody send us a letter and they were from Wichita. And the story they told was they had a dog that got out mm-hmm. and the, the dog catcher lived in his neighborhood and the dog catcher took the dog and took him inside his house. And then he went down to get the dog and the dog catcher was like, no, 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 you're, you have fines that you have to pay and you can't have this dog back and I'm going to take him into the pound tomorrow morning and all the stuff. The guy And the guy basically charged his neighbor and was like, I'll beat the shit out of you. Give me my dog back. And he got his dog back and went home. And then like a month later, it was revealed that that guy was BTK. So he basically almost got into started. a fist fight with a serial killer. He started some shit. Yeah. And he's like, give me my fucking dog. That's amazing. Um, Forgot about that. So essentially, Dennis Rader confessed to all of the killings. And then he confessed to two cold cases that they didn't know were connected to the BTK, which one was a woman named Catherine Bright, who was stabbed to death in her home. She BTK was waiting inside her house when she got home. He didn't know that she would be with her brother, Kevin, who um, he then shot and thought was dead, then went and attacked Catherine and then Kevin got up and f- tried to fight him again and then uh, he strangled him and thought he was dead again and then he murdered Catherine and then turned around and Kevin's body was gone. <gasps> Kevin! And Kevin had gotten up and fucking ran out of the house. <gasps> Fuck yeah, Kevin. And called the police. So he, Can you imagine how scary that was? Like even for a serial killer to turn around and the body's gone? Oh, dude. That's, <laughs> like even for a serial yes. killer. For the most for a serial killer. <laughs> That even if you have no feelings at all, no. you're like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Fuck. Um, so he, on that case, he, or that crime, he didn't clean up anything. He didn't do this, his normal um, stuff that he would do. He just like really quickly covered his tracks and ran out. So he was positive he was going to get caught on that murder, and he wasn't. And then the other one, um, <laughs> this... This this is bad. It was in 1985. He broke into the home of Maureen Hedge, um, who was one of his neighbors. And after her male guest left for the night, he got he snuck out of her closet, turned on her bedroom light. Mm. Um, he she sat up. He pounced on her and strangled her to death. And then he put her body in the trunk of his car. Oh, no, sorry, the trunk of her own car and drove to the Christ Lutheran Church where he eventually became a church elder and uh, took pictures of her in various sexual bondage positions. Um, He had all of these pictures in his house and all of the pictures of all of his victims in his house when they arrested him. They found all these files in his garage. Um... And so basically he entered guilty to all counts, all 10 murders, and he was given 10 consecutive life sentences. And he said um, in an early letter that he blamed his murders on what he called factor X. Um, He said he was a big serial killer aficionado himself. And he said that all serial killers had the same um, factor X from Jack the Ripper to the son of Sam. And he said that basically factor X was a demon and he described it as something uh, that controls his desire to kill. Um, And he drew it uh, in varying ways, sometimes as a frog and sometimes as a more traditional looking demon. And that's yeah. the basics for the BTK killer, everybody. Okay, uh, can we talk a little bit about the death penalty stuff? Why do serial killers tend, some of them get a pass? Like you shoot somebody, let's say, 
once by accident during a you know when you're robbing a gas station. If you're if you live in Kansas, you're gonna get like the death penalty. Why the fuck does he like get a pass? He's serving pled guilty, right? I mean, I have no idea. We are the last people right. you should be you asking not these questions. I'm ready to we have no idea. I could speculate. I'm the shit out of this, but it's all speculation. And I think it's because he made a deal that if he pled guilty, he wouldn't get put to death. Right? Most likely. I you guys no are idea. both staring. I don't know. Because then you don't have to put the families through the trial. Well, it also depends on state by state. Some yeah. places have the death penalty and some don't. Amy, you could probably weigh in here. Um, I'm a actually federal prosecutor. Holy um, shit. Hey. Why are yeah. you not getting in here? Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I have like a podcast called like my favorite narcotics distribution offense. <laughs> Doesn't like really have. No, have I want to hear same, that. Have the same ring. No, I don't actually do death penalty cases. Luckily for me. So this isn't really something I, I can weigh in on. But certainly there's lots <laughs> of reasons. We don't do There's lots of reasons of why somebody might not get the death penalty between like whatever the statute is to a plea agreement, like you said, or also there could be you know, they might have a petition. I mean, there's just a lot, there's a lot of different reasons. Is it rare to, to get a death penalty case based on all the things you can do to avoid it, even to go to trial that way? Yeah. You know, I mean, again, I do federal criminal law, so I don't speculate again, come up a ton. speculation, this whole thing. I have worked on some death penalty matters. There were habeas petitions mm-hmm. at the Ninth Circuit, um, and they were pretty horrible, gruesome cases. I did not enjoy it, so I don't know how. I don't know how you guys. I just like, don't. You know what I'm saying? In like a, do this in, every day. <laughs> like, I don't. Like and we're you know we tend to be whatever. Okay, I don't. I don't mean to go off on my weird tangent. Go off. Like why? That's what this podcast is. But I. But truly, like why? Like it seems like all right. If we're going to accept the death penalty, which I I'm not in like favor of, just in general on an ethical basis. But if you're gonna do, if we're gonna do it as a nation. Seems like the BTK guy. Well, you know, <laughs> that seems like top of the list. Yeah. 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 Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a lot of the uh, for me, a lot of the sentencing and, and that sort of thing doesn't really make a lot of sense. There's not like a there's not a clear cut one where it's like, well, he did this. So this is going to happen because historically this is how these people get charged. It's I just like, wonder if like the gruesomeness of fascination like is adds this undercurrent of like. Um, do we weirdly, clearly, like, kind of appreciate the the obsession and the, and the oddness of mentality and value that in a way that, um, or we can learn from it in some way. I mean, I think it's interesting. I de- I definitely don't like value it or appreciate it. Like, it's I don't we think sort that of the fascination w- is a positive. No, not at all. Yeah. Of course not. Yeah, uh, yeah, but but. There is something different about like um, the the like the fascination of mind of somebody like this that you know, whereas somebody else were a little more dismissive of yeah. like yeah, yeah, we'll inject you. Well, I always think it's a, it was a really interesting decision, and maybe even we lost something in the fact that uh, Ted Bundy was put to death because I feel like there's so much we can. It's a, the extreme of being a sociopath and and psychotic. We could have learned so much about the human brain based on just interviews with Ted Bundy, not with people who could be tricked. You know what I mean? And like, so we put him to death, and it's like, well, we kind of put ourselves out of a 
a learning experience in a way. I mean, he was going to stay in prison for the rest of his fucking life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, listen, I agree with you. My I uncle think, lived across the street from him, by the way. Which, which, yeah. In Seattle? Yeah. Start oh, wow. over. Yeah. No, that's all I know. It's just that he lived, um, my uncle lived right across the street where Ted Bundy lived in, uh, he rented a room in an attic. Um, is this the same uncle who made the guillotine that yes. is on your front porch? Yes, it is. <laughs> Holy shit. He sounds like a badass motherfucker. He is. He is. He's awesome. Get uncle Roger. Uncle Roger. Roger, get on the podcast. <laughs> so, okay, I'm sorry. I did not mean to go off. No, 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 not at all. Um, no, because I was thinking about that. Like it is the like Ted Bundy was interviewed a bunch at the end of his life. But I think people get so it's like you murder almost 40 women. And after a while, people are just like, get rid of him. Like, mm-hmm. we don't care what he has to say anymore. It's not that idea of like him getting to have, a, which I'm I also don't even know how I feel about the death penalty. I'm definitely not advocating for it. But I do see the mentality of people just being like, <laughs> do you want to die tonight? <laughs> In this got, gorgeous got, home. Again, got some guillotine. Guillotine. <laughs> guillotine. On the front porch. This whole thing is going to turn into like some, some kind of game that Anna is playing with us. <laughs> We're like, oh, wouldn't that be magical? <laughs> she tried to kill us in all Guess different who ways. my favorite murder <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> Run. <laughs> but like Dennis, what I think is fascinating about Dennis Rader is he was, um, like when he was the dog catcher, he was, they called it like the city, I can't remember the name of the term that was on the side of the van of this really good made for TV movie I watched, but he would do things like go around and measure people's lawns. And if your lawn was too uh, high, he would like take a picture of it and like give people a warning. And there was a story in this movie and I'm, I didn't have time to see if it was real because I didn't know how to fact check it. But he in, but I think it probably they put it in based on something he really did, which is if somebody's dog got out, he would bring it to the pound and then tell the person they had to talk to him before the pound would release the, the dog to the person. And then and so he would say they have five days to contact him and then he wouldn't answer his phone and then the pound would kill the animal. He did that in in this made for TV movie. He did that to one woman. And I remember hearing about other things like that. So it's like this person who is taking these weird little like, you know, those people that love control and love power, even though it's like the dog catcher power. So I could see that in a way where Ted Bundy would get off on being interviewed. And it's like he's not really being punished. He doesn't give a shit about staying in prison the rest of his life because all these people want to know about him. So it's almost like. Kill well, that motherfucker! It's a really fucked up way to approach fame, isn't it? Like, like, <laughs> yeah. like any, yeah. if you just want to be famous, put it mildly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna go through like two different avenues. I just knew when I was eight that I just really wanted to be famous. <laughs> Quote, Either, like, famous. acting. <laughs> Or killer, or whatever else it takes. <laughs> this is whatever it takes. Whatever. Listen, if, if, if killing doesn't work, then you go with acting. I mean, they're or very podcasts. similar. Who knew? Podcasts <laughs> very similar. But 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 truly though, like the psychology, I guess uh, maybe this is what you're getting at, Karen, is the idea of like, um, like the idea that he clearly wanted desperately to be known. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, himself. You know, like, he's the he's the reason he got caught. His yeah. own need His for own ego, that fame. Yeah. Like even two people almost got put to put into prison uh, because of the you know who admitted to it. Like you should be like, great, I got off of it. He would have been. It would have been a lock. Yeah, that would be the old double jeopardy thing we talk about. Where if those people were prosecuted for his 
crimes, then he would have he would have been innocent. And he couldn't let that happen because he wanted the credit. My question is a fucking applied engineer book at the library. You think people check that out enough that they're going to find out they're going to find that letter that he wrote applied engineer? No, no, I think. (laughs) No, I think he put it in just specifically for the cops. I don't think he stuck it there like forever. Okay. He went and put it in and then called and said, it's in this book. Because <laughs> it was 11 months. I thought he was just waiting for some engineer student to go check this book out. And be like, oh, Smart people will get this. No, <laughs> oh, yeah. no, no. I think he just <laughs> rolled on up to the library. Yes. And Listen, I'm no, wait. Not I think George is totally right. I don't know. <laughs> no, I think he was like, this is an obscure one, but maybe like. Someday. Yeah. 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 Some lucky nerd <laughs> who loves numbers. Nerd. This isn't a post secret book where they like hide people hide their real secrets. Listen, uh, <laughs> that was fucked up. I'm glad you did that one. I feel that like I feel like we don't do like famous serial killers a lot, but they're so such interesting stories. Mm-hmm. Like Ted Bundy, it's like we wouldn't. We have a lot. That. I grew up um, north of Seattle, and there's there's like yeah, you guys know you're oh, nodding Pacific your heads. Northwest. <laughs> yeah, I know it's it's something. Yeah, you guys got the rain. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh-huh. Loneliness, loneliness, depression, rain. control, not enough people getting laid. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like, so many layers of clothing all the time. Yes. yes. That wool that scratches mm-hmm. on you Ugh. until you kill. <laughs> <laughs> so did you, do you remember a lot of this from when you were a kid? Well, I remember we had the Green River Killer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Did you hear a lot about it? Um, oh, yeah. It was like in the news all the time. Like another body found, another body found, another body found. And um, and then I heard a story that, uh, I don't know, you guys might know more about this, but um, that apparently his coworkers at the gas or whatever, he, the car mechanic place that he worked at, um, would joke that he they would be they'd be like dudes the green river killer no because he's so boring <laughs> i think you know what the, there's like the scent there's the sense of creepiness that we're taught to ignore mm-hmm. and especially as women um oh yeah and uh, like because we want to be polite we want to be kind but some maybe somewhere in us there's that little tug of like oh yeah that one, yeah, not surprising. I might be a little creepy. Maybe you should avoid that. <laughs> the eyes are bad on that one. That's what I always think. Ooh, well, bad big, eyes. Yeah. Well, there, and also it's that like n- overly nice creepy that you can't really explain. It's the same thing of when like when like the, the guys who put girls who when a girl puts you in the friend zone, they're like, you don't want a nice guy, and it's like, no, we don't want a creep who's like who's being nice to us, not. I don't know where I'm going on. Yeah, this. like no someone who has an agenda. Agenda. That's yeah, 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 for sure. Absolutely. Um, okay, Sim just passed me the, my note sheet here. Are right. we supposed to? Yeah, this do is my this? subtle like transition. Okay, it's a nice yeah, you segue used to, to be way Real better subtle. at segues. <laughs> <laughs> you it's did. He true. said, "Shut up." This is a very strange show, by the way. It's a very strange segue. How do we go from that murder to relationship deal breakers? I mean, like serial killer, relationship deal breaker. <laughs> okay, um, okay. So imagine you're single. Deal breakers. Ready? Uh, he calls spaghetti paschetti. Nope. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> He gets his balls professionally waxed every month. <laughs> well, no, that's polite. <laughs> Shave them. Waxing is fucking. <laughs> What's the word? It's torture. Maybe he's like, he likes it though. It's part of shave it. Shave them. Shave them. <laughs> it seems like there'll be an awful lot of cuts. No. Everyone, calm down and shave your balls. Okay, <laughs> great. Uh, he thinks OJ was framed. <laughs> oh, that's. <laughs> You're like asking us to say yes to these questions. <laughs> <They're> not. 
<laughs> yeah. No. Karen? I mean, I feel like these days with all these documentaries come out, it's hard to know. You have to really stay neutral on a lot of things. <laughs> so I you love arguing. You're going to still go out with this fella? I mean, That's it's fine. If he's passionately yelling about it in my face constantly, then no. Oh, I then I'd it say It can't yes. be a singular passion. I love nothing more than to argue loudly at a bar with people about something. I don't even tell... I was yelling at Vince. We were talking about aliens at a bar, and he was like, I really don't like doing this. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. I'm Wait, are you pro or con? Aliens? Yeah. Well, it depends on what I'm ar- what side I'm arguing. Oh, I see. But I'm pro. You're just doing whatever. You're just arguing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm pro. I like the idea that, you know, we're not like this singular, like a um, sort of abyss of loneliness. Just that there's <laughs> other. You, you doing okay <laughs> over there? No. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's not. We're all together. We're all together. Yeah. Now. Yep. Yeah. Here we are. Yep. There's other things out there. We got to believe it. Okay. During sex, he puts his finger up your butt. <gasps> Without asking? Oh, as a surprise? we didn't clarify. <laughs> yeah, without asking. I mean, do, yeah, on, first, right. first time? Or are we talking like seventh time? Uh, let's say it's fourth time. I need to be asked. I need to be asked. <laughs> it's a weird ask. <laughs> it is a weird ask. <laughs> Georgia, may I put my no. <laughs> index finger up your anus? No, I'm going to go pass on that. Okay. Karen's being real quiet on this one. I'm just thinking. I'm, just, I'm thinking about I'm just stuff. fantasizing. You know. <laughs> Guys, it's all sensation. I feel like our culture really makes us feel bad about stuff. I am so with you on okay. that. Yeah. So we know your answers. <laughs> <laughs> Two proud yeses or whatever. <laughs> Not proud. Uh, okay, he eats placenta in a shake every morning. What? Who's placenta? Where does he get it? Yeah. <laughs> He's got a hookup, you know. Lady He's got a guy, placenta? or I mean, not guy, like lady or animal. <laughs> yeah, it's wolf placenta. So then, oh, yeah, that's fine. Because then he's... I'm gonna go ahead and say a firm no on this one. <laughs> <laughs> There's take vitamins. Yeah, I, I don't think that's the way you have to do so it. So many vitamins out there. <clears throat> Okay, guys, but you know, <laughs> there's immortality involved. Oh. Is there? But you can still get hit by a car even if you eat placenta. Yes or no? Well, I'm right. Nope. Nope. <laughs> what? Not if you eat it every day. <laughs> you jump right over that car. You become immune to cars. That's amazing. Now I want to eat placenta every That's day. That's it. Keep. I want more fucking. I know. <laughs> that was fun. That was fun. Hey, Karen, you know that feeling when you're stressed out and your heart starts to pound and your mind is racing? I do. I know it well. Well, while there's no cure for stress, therapy can help shape your response to it. And since May is Mental Health Awareness Month, there's no better time to try Talkspace. When you sign up for Talkspace, you'll receive a personalized match with a therapist or psychologist, typically within 48 hours. Forbes rates Talkspace as the number one online therapy platform, plus their licensed professionals are in network with almost all major insurance companies. Once you meet your therapy goals, or if you want to cancel for any reason, Talkspace will provide you with a prorated refund for unused time. I feel like these days people understand the importance of therapy, but the difficult part is just taking that first step. It took me months to make my first therapy appointment. I was so scared. I had a lot of ideas in my head about it. And that's why I think Talkspace is such a good idea, because making it so approachable will just get you there sooner. Then you can actually get in there, figure out what you need, talk to an actual professional, and 
be on your way to solving some stuff that you might want to solve. To celebrate Mental Health Awareness Month and the power of talking it out in therapy, Talkspace is offering our listeners $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80. Go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and use promo code SPACE80. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and enter promo code SPACE80 and get $80 off your first month and show your support for our show. That's Talkspace.com slash MFM. Enter promo code space 80. Goodbye. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines and June's journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. So we're going to actually move on to an advice call right now. All right. We're going to call Katie, and she's in LA, and she's 25. Hello. Hey, Katie. It's Sim. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Here's Anna. Hi, Katie. Hi, Anna. We have two really special guests here. We have Karen and Georgia from My Favorite Murder. Hi. Hi. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> you shut up. I was. Do so you know who they are? Oh so I, I take it you know who they are. Yeah, no, I literally only listen to like three podcasts and one is Anna's and one is My Favorite Murder. Hell so yeah, yeah, I definitely know who you guys are. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> who are we competing with? Yeah, who's the third? Uh, do you know My Brother, My Brother and yeah. Me? With oh, the yeah. Brothers? Travis is great. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's my, my third. Excellent. Well, Katie, tell us why your boyfriend's coworker is making you feel uncomfortable. Yeah, so um, just a little background. My boyfriend uh, and I have been dating for five and a half years. Um, we've known each other since preschool. Um, we're best friends, you know, the whole thing. Um, I moved to L.A. in January for a job. Uh, he moved after me. We moved in together. He got a job also, um, which I was really excited about. I was kind of uh, nervous about him moving with me. I didn't want there to be any resentment if he like hated LA or anything like that. So he eventually starts kind of, you know, making friends at work and going out with coworkers and things like that. And uh, there's one guy that would just kind of make uh, snide comments about like if uh, my boyfriend and I already had plans, you know, to make dinner or something that night. Uh, and he was out with them at a bar. He would say, you know, okay, guys, I got to, you know, head home. Like Katie and I are having dinner together. And the guy would just kind of make these comments like, oh, yeah, I got to get back and like make dinner for your girlfriend and blah, blah, like or got it. You know, she, you're whipped or whatever. Like she's like, I don't know, things like that. 
And he would make these comments in front of all of the guys that they hang out with. Um, and then eventually he kind of started making them in front of me toward like to me directly. So like, for example, one night we all went out to uh, a bar for one of their birthdays and uh, my boyfriend and I are going to leave. And the guy comes up to me and, you know, like hugs me goodbye. And he's like, you know, thank you so much for actually letting him come out with us tonight and stuff like that. And it was like, what the fuck, dude? Like, I mean, and it's kind of one of those things where like I in, in any other like friendship, if someone were, you know, ragging on me like that, someone that I actually knew, I'd be like, OK, well, like, fuck off, whatever. I don't care. But like it's kind of a situation where I don't know this person and it's like a new coworker, and I don't want to like jeopardize his friendships and things like that and so i don't really know how to handle it i guess is my question here oh my god i have so many thoughts i know let's just let's go down the line (laughs) no 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 no. you guys go first well what is what does your boyfriend say when do you guys talk about it yeah so he's he's very non-confrontational like i would definitely say that i am uh the person to be like fuck off he's kind of the person to just ignore it and not pay attention to it not really like give it life i guess you could say so he's kind of the one that's just like oh haha oh i hate that so much that makes me so angry yeah my husband's like that too <laughs> um I, me too because i'm definitely confrontational i'm like yeah say something back like, Pepper spray whatever, that motherfucker. Like, that's my first thought no <laughs> is he defending you at all there's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder and here's the important note that promo code is all lowercase so go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level that's shopify.com slash murder again don't forget the code is all lowercase goodbye georgia have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant like perfectly scrambled eggs oh my god yes karen and then all i want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day well you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient made in cookware made in was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world for years they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware some of tom colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in maiden whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of made-in products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. 
What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made-in, made-in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. Um, I mean, I don't really know. I haven't been in front of that. Like, I mean, he didn't hear it whenever the guy said it to me personally. So I... So he laughs it off because he because he's afraid, like, oh, he's a professional connection. Then he'll laugh it off and he'll go back home and he'll just kind of take it. But inside it, I'm sure it really right. hurts him and it hurts you. It's completely disrespectful. I- I hate this guy. Right. I guess to to me, like, because whenever we've kind of talked about it one-on-one here, um, he's just kind of like, well, if I don't feel like you're controlling or that I'm whipped or we have something wrong in our relationship, then why does it matter what this random guy thinks, I guess? Which I get, but at the same time, it's just kind of like, I don't know what to say to this dude, and I wish that I could have something to, like, give my boyfriend that's non-confrontational to, like, be like, hey, man, maybe, like, gently fuck off kind of thing i don't know no he has to say that he has i would tell him to completely fuck off that's what i would say but yeah i, but mean, I get it he has yeah. a job and it's his coworker. <laughs> have you ever tried cupping his face in your hands and saying who hurt you <laughs> <laughs> you could do very... something like that because it really does sound like a person who yeah is either jealous of you like kind of into your boyfriend there, there's a lot of possibilities going on but the idea that you would be actively trying to like pick on someone because they have a relationship is is very uh it it doesn't it's not a good sign for you as a person if that's something you feel the need to do. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's something to be revealed in that guy. And maybe your boyfriend gets the sense that he's like one of those aggro dudes that he just doesn't want to like start anything with. I bet this guy, the minute your boyfriend, and I want to say like, it bothers me that it, he's being called a friend and your boyfriend doesn't want to fuck with the friend and you don't want to ruin his friendship. That guy's not a friend. And the minute I bet your boyfriend who absolutely should say something to him says something, this kid will fucking start crying. Like, I bet he's so fragile. I, I, yeah. I don't think his, I don't think his feelings should be taken into consideration. Don't we think that like somebody's like, like, don't you think that he's loves her or like lusts after her or like mm. is either her or him mm-hmm. yeah there's something but i think her there's kids. jealousy i think it's katie like i i think that the dude is is like like lusting after katie want you no, no i don't i don't agree with any of you guys really? i really think that this guy is just an Sam, asshole i'm very yeah. fun and attractive thank you katie i totally feel that from you i can hear it in your voice sorry katie uh, i feel like the minute though you put like this romantic spin on it and oh he's less like then it's like he deserves some kind of kindness which if he is in love with you and lusting after you well that's his fucking problem and he's showing it the wrong way and that's that's just this this whole thing i feel like there needs to be a way to explain to your boyfriend how much this affects you and the minute he he needs to know that you're the person he should be defending not this fucking douchebag yeah that would bother yeah. me a lot. Also, that kind of that um, young dude thing of like, oh, you're whipped or you mm-hmm. you go home and eat dinner together. Right. Therefore, that's a bad thing. Right, right. It's indicative of a mindset that isn't 
healthy and isn't good. Like that, those are those kinds of guys who are like women do this to men or whatever. And he's so comfortable saying it and quote unquote joking about it, that that's an, that's another thing that, that, I don't know. I, when I'm anytime I'm around guys that are like that word, I just am like, I just want to get away from that person. Like maybe that's uh, not to defend the boyfriend so much, but maybe he's just getting a sense of like, this isn't one of those guys you want to get on the bad side of. And so it's putting him in this weird position. I was with um, a guy a long time ago in my early twenties and uh, his best friend told him, he's like, oh, you're so pussy whipped. And then the dude told me that, that the best friend said that. And I, I had such complicated feelings because it was like, well, what are you trying to get out of me that you would tell me that? And also, what the fuck is this dude Maybe you, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's, you're right, Karen, though. It's that way of communicating that feels really youthful. Yeah. That, um, that, and also, and manipulative and, and weird and, and filled and with envy. Yeah. And like envy and angry. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's also that thing of like, oh, I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah. You're like hiding behind a joke, but yeah, you're, you're taking it too seriously. Like, right. But you're actually just sending a real message, which is, let it's, him do what he wants and fuck off. Katie, I hate to say it, but I, and I don't mean to like, I don't want to um, diminish your relationship at all because maybe you're so crazy about your boyfriend that you want to marry him and be with him forever or whatever. But uh, I do, I think that the fact that um, it, there's a little bit of a bro before hoe culture uh, happening here. Can I say something? That's not safe for you. Something I noticed too, like way in the beginning that I, th- that might be connected is when you said that you, he moved here for you and you want, you would feel bad if he wasn't happy here. And so you don't want to get in the way. It's not your responsibility to make sure that a decision he made is then, you know, it's not on you for him to be happy. So you being annoyed that this person he works with, who's not even his friend, like gets upset with him, isn't your responsibility in the same way that him finding a life and being happy here after he made a decision to move here. It's not your responsibility either, which is a hard thing to, I can't deal with that at all. I'm learning it in therapy, but like, it's just, <laughs> none of that is your responsibility. You, you have yourself to worry about. Yeah. Yeah. We have to start. Yeah, very true. Thinking a little bit more individually, like like collectively as women. And I I was going to say a little more like men, but that also feels that feels like we're handing over power there. But I, I think in general, don't you guys think that like we like it's important to impart on because for years I would think about just how my identity through men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Me and too. um. And I think it's important to sort of explore the idea of like, let's not, let's not fucking do that anymore. Let's like, let's think about ourselves. Let's be selfish. You know, yeah. as my mom always said, be selfish in love. It's not <laughs> never even listened. selfish. It's just like, but, but it's like self-care. Yeah. No, yeah, to- self, but yeah. Selfish is a good word for it. Well, but, but I, cause I think we have to redefine everything right. like as a gender. Yeah. Um, I also wonder if you've discussed it in this way, if you had this group of girlfriends that you were going out with and there was one that was giving him shit about hanging around and like, why don't you leave her alone? And how would he feel if it was going back the other way? And, and not even not even yeah. like a demand of answer me right now, but think of what this would be like if this exact situation was flipped and it was happening to you. 
just put yourself in my shoes. Cause I also think there's that thing of, you know, they say that like when there's a problem, guys freak out and they want to fix it. They don't, you know, they just, it's like, he doesn't know how to fix it and it's a work thing and it's like very problematic. So his, his solution is just don't let this be a problem to you. But really I think what he needs to think about is, is you like we're saying and how it affects you and how would it feel to him if there was somebody kind of letting him know that he wasn't welcome and that he's a bummer but you know that right. he, that like your friends think he's a bummer that's so shitty yeah yeah um yeah i mean i feel like i um i definitely know how that situation would go because like i said i i don't care about telling people to fuck off or whatever um but i haven't really presented the idea to him like that like reverse like said to him specifically you know if this were happening to you i would have your back kind of thing yeah so yeah that might be an interesting it'll be it'll be a revealing test of, uh, like with your boyfriend a little bit like how he sort of absorbs if you, if you can be honest with him about all of this and um and and really in, in like have a long conversation about it it'll be a revealing test for for um how he respects you and you respect yourself and you respect the relationship um yeah because there's like the first thing I was thinking of is the fear that this guy is voicing something that your boyfriend might not be able to say. And that I think might be where the pain is coming from. Mm -hmm. And so it'd be like, if this guy stops talking, then that means that whole idea is gone. But really that fear is just like, is this actually an issue here? Is this, you know, do you need, is that, are you unable to talk about that you want to spend less time together? So it's now we're introducing somebody that's introducing the idea so that he's not a part of it. And I obviously don't know you and don't know anything about it, but that's, I always think about that when I, in relationships, focus on things that later on I realize I was just focusing on something else because I didn't want to like put my hands on what the real problem was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, I've never really considered that but that may would make a lot of sense Um, I also have like a lot of um like I really try very hard not to be uh like controlling in any way or anything like that I mean I don't feel like I really am anyway but I do make it a point um just because like his last girlfriend was kind of like just fucking nuts and would like like not even let him hang out with guys alone or anything like that like would have to just be present like with him all the time if he was going to be doing anything social. Just remember that that's, that's what he presented to you. Like if you talk to her and heard her side of the story, that sure, might not yeah. be true. And like, true. you don't have to be the chill girl. Like, I feel like we all try so hard to be like, I don't care. Uh, I'm so fucking chill. Totally. You know? And you're allowed to have your emotions. And one of those emotions sometimes is piss the Watch fuck off. Watch a ton of off. porn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love porn. Oh no, I'm definitely crazy. Like I'm definitely a crazy girl also. And he knows that full on. But so. then sometimes it's also like, I think a good way to approach an issue that you have instead of, you know, being pissed off is to go, my feelings are really hurt by this thing. And here's why. And someone can't get, I feel like if you, someone gets mad at you for saying, I have really hurt feelings and this makes me really sad and they get mad at you for it. That's not on you. Yeah. And Katie, you know, yeah, don't, don't be afraid of the future. You're young. Yeah. You're in LA. There's a lot of amazing people out there. Don't feel afraid to like feel your independence. If, if not everything, if things aren't right, I made that mistake. I think a little bit like feeling like I'm checking my relationship off the list. And, um, and 
if that would be the like the final advice that I could give you would be like know know your worth, know your independence, know that you're young and there's so many people out there. There's so there's so much life experience. I hope you get to live it all and uh, and you know and and experience a whole lot of people. And life is too short for you to be in relationships where you're not feeling like this isn't fully this isn't fully right or somebody doesn't have your back or somebody doesn't value you in every way. Cause I view this as a bigger problem with you and your boyfriend, um, than anything else. And, um, so, so please, please take that. And, um, and hopefully, I don't know that that's at the Katie, are you good with this advice? Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, uh, do, do you know what I'm saying, though? Like, have have yeah, no, I, conversations. I, I, I also just was curious, like, I don't know how to if if he if this guy, the coworker were to say something to me again in person, I guess I'm just confused about how to. What did he say to you in person? He was like, oh, thanks so much for letting like your boyfriend come out tonight. Like, And your boyfriend didn't say anything to him. He didn't hear him. He he literally said it like in my ear as he well, was hugging me. It sounds goodbye. like he's hitting on you, and it. But it also sounds like if your boyfriend doesn't understand, like, like if you can't be honest with him and have like, because listen, like shit, tons of people are gonna hit on you, Katie. We live in fucking L.A. It's gonna happen all the time. But the bigger the bigger thing, in my opinion, is the the relationship with your boyfriend. And if he isn't if he, he if he isn't fully empathetic, then that's something that you that's on you. Then then you need to examine: Do I want to spend time? Do I want to invest time in this relationship? And a knee to the nuts in the meantime is a great fucking way to shut someone up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but but I hope that you know that like like the coworker truly aside, yeah, he's a creep and he wants to fuck you. And but there's going to be a gazillion of those experiences that you'll have throughout the years here. Um, so I just think that the bigger question is the the relationship with your boyfriend. And that's my very strong opinion. <laughs> and I'm very unqualified to do any of this. Hey. Katie, thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. Yeah, Katie, will you give thank us an update? Thank you so much. Uh, stay sexy, don't get murdered, and fuck you, Sim. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fuck you, Sim. Hooray. All right, thanks. Stay sexy. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. All right, that's going to end part one. So next week, we have part two where Anna will start off with your favorite murder. And then <gasps> Georgia, we have yours. Have and we have one it? more call. And then uh, let's take a little break. And we'll be right back. Or next week. Bye. 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 Bye.